everybody, I'm Meredith Doty and this is Sweating Shirtless. Every episode, I dive deep into unpacking the fitness world through a body-confident and inclusive lens while picking the brains of inspiring, brilliant, accomplished, honest, new, and old friends talking about their experience with Sweating Shirtless. episode, I sit down and chat with Candace Peak and discuss her beginning in fitness as a competitive swimmer, turned marathoner, turned intercycle junkie, turned fitness instructor at the Handlebar and Berries, and all the peaks and valleys along the way. Hey Sweating Shirtless fam, Meredith here to, with a little note to let you know that I record this show using the podcasting app Anchor. I've chosen to not include sponsored ads within my podcast, but Anchor has released a new feature that allows for listener support. So if you're a fan and you're interested, you can now contribute a dollar, five dollars, even ten dollars a month to help support Sweating Shirtless. I'm currently saving up for better recording equipment. You can now find the link to support wherever you're listening to this, typically in the episode description. Thank you. Now on to the show. We got Candace in the house. Thanks for joining. This is Sweating Shirtless. And I'm excited. So I wanted to start off by talking about your fitness background. Uh, I know that you used, used to swim, but I've never really talked to you about it before. Uh, yeah, I was a competitive swimmer for 15 years, swam through college. Um, and then I retired from swimming when I was 22. And then um, once you graduate, you kind of, you know, as a swimmer, like you're not you don't, you can't really become a pro swimmer. You can, but it's not a super, you know, lucrative career to go into. Um, so that was kind of the end of the road for my, my swimming stuff. Um, and when I pivoted like into real adult life, um, getting, you know, a, a, a nine to five job or whatever it is, um, the amount of time that I had for movement and exercise and my, obviously my training wasn't taking up any of my day anymore. Um, so coming from where that was my day to day where I was training for five, six hours a day, um, to not having to do that, um, was a big change. Um, and I originally moved to just doing long distance running and didn't start teaching until I was 26. So yeah, four years, I didn't teach fitness classes. I didn't do anything. Um, just doing my own thing. And didn't really get into like the boutique fitness stuff until I was probably 25 um, and went to the handlebar for the first time. Um, and it was one of the places that, well, I mean, the music, the, the people in the room, it felt like a team and I missed that. Like I'm someone, I'm not a mm. huge health motivator. Like if I don't have a class time to go to, or I don't have to be somewhere or somebody else isn't counting on me to be there, I just won't go. Like, it's just, I, I need that structure. I thrive off that structure. And so when the handlebar opened, finding that place, like that was just like such a big, like moment for me of this is going to be something that's going to, that I'm really going to connect with because of the scheduling and, and everyone's there and it's a huge community in those, in those walls and, and the coaching that goes on from the instructor and their interest in everyone, um, really 
really made me super interested in the group fitness scene. Um, and so then I've worked at the desk at the handlebar for probably a year and then tried out to teach spin without any prior experience and was, and somehow got into the training program. <laughs> <laughs> and now six years later, I'm still there. So, um, but yeah, that's the fitness has always been such a big part of my life. And, um, when it was most of my day and all my friends are swimmers and we're all athletes and then being spit out into a whole new, a whole new world with all my friends, not there. Like we, I went to school in Wisconsin, so none of them are from new England. Um, mm -hmm. and so back here and just not having that network anymore and having someone to kind of push me through, I, I really enjoyed and gravitated towards the group fitness scene, both as a client as, and then eventually an instructor. Yeah. I can resonate with that a lot, especially the structure. I am like you, I strive off the structure and without it, if I don't have something to hold me attainable, it's, I may not attend. <laughs> I may yeah. not be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's why I, I, you'll see me, I sign up for classes throughout the week because if I don't, then I'll tell myself I'll drop in, but. Then you won't. Yeah. There's no ability. Yeah. And I, if, if I'm faced with, do you want to sleep an extra hour or do you want to go meet your friends out or go to a class? I'm always going to choose sleeping in or going to meet up with my friends over the class. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes like I find that I'm my best self when I have an opportunity to like move my body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's been so tough in quarantine, which is why it was great to see that you were offering them classes virtually, even though I know they're tough. Yeah. And that was, I mean, you, you were doing them too. And that, that was honestly for my own, like it's, I do, I mean, people had requested that we do the, the IG live stuff. And, um, I mean the first, you know, six weeks of us being at home and the studio shutting down, I felt so lost too. And just having a time, you know, three days, three days a week where I was like at five 30, we're doing this and I'm going to do it every week was just like, I had to create that that sense of structure for myself and doing stuff over IG live was, was not obviously not ideal, but served a purpose until things were, I mean, they're still not normal, but like moved back into a more normal schedule. Yeah, completely. Um, so when you're not teaching and you're not taking, I know you run a lot, but is that, what else do you do for your own personal fitness? Um, running is great, but I don't, I'm actually not, I don't really like running. I just do it because okay. I do. <laughs> you keep glossing over all of these amazing accomplishments. Well, you want to talk about, I want to go back to swimming because you're a very accomplished swimmer and you're just were like, yeah. And then I just graduated, retired and you're a multi-marathon runner. So <laughs> don't stop glossing. Well, I just don't, I'm not, I don't like to like talk about things that I've done and that's uh, that maybe that's a me problem, but it just, I don't, I think there's a lot of other people out there that do a lot more amazing things and, and I'm more impressed by other people than I am by my own stuff. Um, and it's all, I mean, the swimming thing was not, you know, wasn't something that I outwardly chose. It was a sport that kind of chose me and that How was, so? um, I, I mean, I started swimming when I was eight and then it just, I started to get, you know, pretty good at it at like 12, 13. And then things started to take off and I was getting recruited. 
So it was just something, you know, if I had the chance to do other sports, I, I kind of missed out on them because I had to put everything towards swimming and ended up paying for my college, which was great. Um, but, but it wasn't, you know, I love swimming, but it's a very, very intense sport, both mentally, physically, everything. And it, it, there are times, you know, by the end of my career, I wish that I could have kept swimming and maybe um, trained a little bit more after college, but I was just so mentally done with it. Um, yeah. for doing it for that long. Um, but yeah, I don't think it was something I didn't, when I was eight, it wasn't like I was like, I'm going to be a college swimmer and I'm going to go to Olympic trials and all this stuff. It was just like, yeah. Oh, my friends are doing this at the YMCA. And so I want to go do it. <laughs> well, so talk to me about swimming. Cause I've talked to other swimmers in the past and it can be a pretty intimidating space because you're basically naked the whole time. You, you can't really hide much in a bathing suit. So mm -hmm. How, talk to me about that experience. Yeah, I so I mean, again, starting at, at eight years old and going all the way up through college, like you, your awkward stage in middle school, like being in a swimsuit <laughs> around people is not again, there's boys there too. Like there's it's it's both genders are 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 on that deck and and but the only the only thing that was a little bit um would take my mind off of it is the fact that I mean we're all there in bathing suits you know it wasn't like I was the only one mm -hmm. it's not like you're standing naked up in front of the classroom in your nightmare like it's it's everyone is everyone is there um but it's hard for for especially when you're going through like your body changes and hitting puberty like that's the worst time to do that but um mm -hmm. I luckily I, I never felt in a situation where um you know that I was being scolded for the way that my body looked or like by my peers at least like that was never really a, a thing that had come up and I'm, I know that has been an issue for a lot of people growing up but it was more so my own um my mo like internally me looking comparing myself to like a girl next to me and or even a girl who wasn't an athlete going to school and they're wearing these like cute little tank tops and my my shoulders and my arms are just huge and they're still I have very broad shoulders and seeing them in these like cute little outfits in middle school and then here I am with like huge shoulders and my skin is awful from the chlorine I don't have any eyebrows like it's like <laughs> that, that is where I got into you know the the mindset of well you know I don't really want to do this sport because I don't look like a girl like I don't look like a cute girl um when I put you know a t-shirt or a tank top on and everyone else does especially during the time that your body is changing um yeah. So it was more so just comparing myself to people at like school and um and then being taller than everyone else too it was just like you know you're taller than still taller than most men but it's it it like you just don't i feel like as a young girl like you're just taught to be like little and small and cute and not take up a lot of space and you know it's a hard doing that going through those years and being the opposite of that yeah that must have been really tough do you think that staying sticking with swim and going through it through college going through it and kind of like that bubble and having that issue but it kind of fast tracked you into your confidence or no um i think it just it took time of me like i there i mean we all still do this as, as no matter how confident we say that we are with ourselves and think that we look great where there's always that back of your mind of being like i'm not going to post this picture because my skin's folding weird in it like that's just like <laughs> like that happens yeah. all the time no matter what the most confident person and i love like I will, this sounds so like I'm a narcissist, but I'm not, but like, I love the way that I look. I love the way my body looks. I like the way it looks in clothes, like 99% of the time, but that was just 
over time of like me surrounding myself with people and choosing to engage in messaging that was, you know, everyone's body looks the same, looks different and it shouldn't look the same. And being different is, it, it, it's exciting. Like it's not, you're not, yeah. you know, it's boring to be perfect and, and whatever that perfect means. You know, I don't want to look like the person next to me. I don't want the person next to me to look like me. So it's just, um, I think where are the generation that we're, that we're in, I know that you're younger than me, but like there has been such a, a shift of more body confidence, which I love. And I, and I hope that that continues on. Um, but yeah, I think, I think no matter how confident you are over the years and how you build that or whatever, um, there's always still that in the back of your mind of, you know, this isn't good enough or why don't I look like that person? Yeah, definitely. It is a new lens on it. I'm really grateful that it's kind of started becoming more and more common and more and more messaging out there. Cause when we grew and I was growing up, it didn't exist. Yeah. Um, and I know for my parents, it 100% didn't exist. So it's a nice, that's a nice shift. Um, so going back to going into group fitness and auditioning for the handlebar, was that a smooth transition for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> um I, it wasn't so it was hard i mean and group fitness you know six years ago looks looks worlds different than it does today um and i always joke all the time too whenever we see new people come in and try out for the handlebar for for wherever um just how good people are now just because they've the group fitness like either just attending classes and getting to know what the feel is of the place is so much different i'm so glad that me six years ago wasn't trying to try out now for any of these places because there's no way yeah. no way um, yeah. so it was a hard transition because I don't I wasn't like super well versed in spin I understood the beat of the music I'd never been on a microphone before like it was it was it was um it wasn't pretty you know it was awkward I'm I'm a pretty monotone person too to begin with and I can somehow I can sometimes come off as like a little drill sergeanty and that's kind of no, my, never. That's, that's <laughs> what I would go to when I first started because that was what I was comfortable with. And I just remember yeah. constantly being like broken down in training, being like, you have to stop sounding like a robot. And it's like, well, this is all I know. And I love structure and I love everything to fit perfectly into its place. Um, so that was hard. I didn't, I feel like the first couple of years that I taught um, was not smooth at all. I, I don't think I really figured out who I was as an instructor until at least two years in. Definitely takes time. I've been teaching, even though I've been at the handlebar almost two years, which has been crazy, very quick time turnaround. Um, but I've been teaching for five or six years. And mm -hmm. I can agree, I'm much different now than I was back then. I don't even know what the hell I was doing five years ago. Was I also yeah, like was looked at good. the list I was doing and I'm like, yes. I was riding at a seven. The entire <laughs> <time>. <laughs> you look back and you're like, what was I saying? What were we doing? <laughs> Did anyone check in? <laughs> yeah, <seriously. laughs> I wish I had video like footage of my first like week of classes and how terrible they were, but no, it wasn't a, no. It wasn't a transition, but um, it wasn't an easy transition, I should say, but it gave me so much more confidence in like other areas of my life too. So it is crazy being on a podium for that long will somehow give you confidence, even though it can be terrifying. Yeah, totally. 
So you are now a master instructor with Handlebar and you work on, and you're part of the audition process. So what are some things that stand out for you when you see people audition? Um, I think the number one thing that stands out to me, everyone's going to be nervous up there, but if someone looks like they're having fun up there and they're, they're being themselves and they're not trying to pretend to be someone else, which I feel like when we're nervous and we're not really sure what to do, we kind of gravitate towards that. Um, yeah. but that really sticks out to me as someone who walks up on that stage and is them like right from the start. Um, and because even if they're not totally confident, it seems like they're confident in just being themselves. And I think that's a huge thing. Um, being able to, and that makes me gravitate towards someone when they're being themselves. And I feel like they're being genuine and authentic. Um, it's very easy to pick out people who are not being that way when they audition. Um, like I want, I would, I don't care. Like if you're super nervous and, and you know, you feel awkward up there. I want to see you being nervous and awkward because that's how you're currently feeling. Like, I don't like when people mask that because then it, again, it just comes off as you being inauthentic and, and I like people being human up there. Um, I know there's a performance piece of it, but you can still put on your instructor persona and still be Meredith or still be Candace or whatever. Um, so that really sticks out to me of, of who is really actually being themselves up there. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, going up, so you started at Handlebar and then you have taught at other places or instructed at other places, you currently teach other places. When did those bricks fall into place? Yeah, so I was teaching at Handlebar for two years and then I started, and then I started teaching at um, Everybody Fights for a little bit. I was there for a couple of years as well, um, but I was a member there to start. And then they created this class called Bags and Beats. Um, and I, as you are as well, love the beat of the music. It's yep. what drives me through every single workout. And so this class, I have no had no boxing experience whatsoever, but I was teaching a, a heavy bag, a class that included a heavy bag. It was just basically punching combinations to the beat of the music. And I honestly still to this day, I loved teaching that class so much it was so much fun it was super challenging but was just it made you feel like such a badass while you were doing it um and I I spent those that was the only class that I ever taught at EBF I never really branched out into their training classes or anything like that I just loved the bags and beats stuff um but then I think I was at EBF for probably two years and then Barry's um, had reached out and asked if I was, you know, had any interest in going through training there and starting to teach there. And I made the jump um, over to Barry's and ended up leaving Everybody Fights to go um, start at Barry's about two and a half years ago at this point. Um, so and that was a big change as well. Totally different workout. Um, mm -hmm. Combined a lot of the stuff that I like to do on my own time and the classes that I like to take. I was a Barry's client before that. Um, with the running and the and the the he lifting heavy weights and and the music again like still there and just the you know the high intensity aspect of it and being in a room with 50 people um, was great and I'd always looked up to a lot of the Barry's instructors and what they had built and um, I mean Barry's is a huge corporation so um, it was kind of not really it wasn't an end goal but was at one of the items on my list of like it, it would be really cool to teach here but never never really thought of it until 
the opportunity came up. So, um, so yeah, I've been berries now for two and a half years and I feel like that flew by too. Yeah. Time's flying. Even 2020, yeah. it's like, how was it? How was it? October. Um, what was, what was training for berries? Like it was brutal because <laughs> there was, because of um, the training, because my teaching schedule at Handlebar, um, and I, I had left EBF when I started training at um, Barry's just because I couldn't do everything at the same time and with mm -hmm. the full-time job too. Um, so we were there, we were, had to take like five or six classes a week at Barry's, which was insane. Um, I've never been in better shape in my life than going to being in that training program. Um, you had to take like five, five or six classes a week and then on the weekends, we would be in the studio on the microphone, like running through classes and, and practicing writing workouts and having our workouts be critiqued um, for hours and hours on the weekends. Um, just because again, I couldn't do it during the week, I can't do it in the middle of the day because of work. Um, and so the training process was like, I think like four or five months long just because of the only weekend stuff. Um, and it was exhausting just teaching the full, I was think I was teaching probably eight at Handlebar at the time and wow. then taking all the berries classes and then the weekend stuff. It was crazy. And I was training for a marathon too. <laughs> Candace, <laughs> how do you do all this? Uh, I didn't have any social life for those five months, that's for sure. Um, so that was like a combination of all of those things together was, was kind of horrifying. Um, but it was, I mean, I learned so much in that, in the berries training, just especially with me programming workouts. I had never done that before with the handlebar stuff. It's like, you make your playlist. I don't, and I know not everyone is like this, but I actually, I make the playlist. I don't know what I'm doing before I get on the stage. It's just, I start the class and whatever happens, happens. Um, as long as I have the road in place, but berries, it's a lot more involved because one, I think people can get really, really hurt in there lifting up heavy weights. I think being on a bike, it's not, I mean, you can hurt yourself, but you're, you're connected to the pedals and we're not really doing anything that crazy. It's not like we're doing a, you know, a, a squat to a clean, to a press in the middle of a room with 50 people. So, mm -hmm. uh, writing that workout would take so much time. And then we'd get it reviewed by another one of the instructors and then give us feedback on it. And they most of the time would just rip it apart being like, this doesn't make sense because then your other weight's going to be over here and you're going to be going from the bench to the floor to the bench to the floor mm -hmm. and it's much. So very involved. Yeah, that is a lot of moving parts. I never, I always, I've been to Barry's and you just kind of take it for granted that it just works. But yeah. obviously there's a reason why it just works. <laughs> and teaching two workouts at once is challenging too, because you have to do the treads and the floor at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not, not easy, but you, because everything's timed and the structure is there, it's once you do it a couple of times, you, you get it down. Yeah, that makes sense. You don't get into, there's no other time you get in better shape than it is training for teaching a new class. Like after handlebar training, I was like in tip top shape. Yeah. <laughs> like I had never spun so much in my entire life. I know. I, know. I loved it. Do you feel like, because I remember after training at Barry's, I like didn't go to a Barry's class for like four months. Cause I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like I I've taken so many and I'm, I'm all set. Um, no, I like it. Cause I was like, I I'm crushing this right now. So yeah. I enjoyed like going and being good at it <laughs> and I just love spin. So yeah, when, whenever I have a moment, I usually go Yeah, as long as I book it first.
Yeah. Um, <laughs> so talk to me about training. I've never trained for a marathon. I've never run a marathon. So how do you start that? Uh, it depends if it's your first one or if it's your you know fourth one or whatever it is. It 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 just depends on um, where you're starting. If you're someone who like my first one, I started off really slow. Um, as far as like not slow like speed wise, but like well also speed wise, but as like building stuff up, building the mileage up. Um, and it's it's a you know a three four month process. So um, you have to make sure that you are doing you know, your scheduled runs and cross training is such a huge thing. That is a big mistake I made with my first one is I was only running and that it ended up, I ended up injuring myself after the, the first one I did. Um, but making sure that you're creating a schedule that works for you and that you're going to be able to stick to is a huge thing too. Like if you're, I always did, this is before I was, te I don't know if I had started teaching yet when I ran my first one. I don't think I did. I was so I had Saturdays open and so I knew that I was always going to do my long run on Saturdays because I wanted to be able to like if I wanted to go out and see my friends on Saturday if I wasn't too tired and not have to worry about getting up Sunday morning and doing a long run and that yeah. was just mentally work for me and making sure that like I was only running in the mornings during the week because I knew I wouldn't do it after work because I'd be too tired um, mm -hmm. so it, it's such an indiv individual plan for each person and I think that a lot of people run in the mistake of looking at what someone else has done and trying to duplicate it and realizing that their lifestyle isn't the same, their body composition is not the same, their their athletic, you know, history is not the same. So making sure that you're doing the research or working with a coach that knows how to help schedule that for you. What's your favorite marathon that you've run? Uh, Berlin was awesome and that was the last one I did um but I mean I don't know so I mean I've so I've done Boston New York twice Chicago and Berlin am I forgetting I think that I think that's it um they're all special in their like own way Boston is Boston I mean that was a cool one because I saw so many people along the route um but Berlin, I love the city. I'd never been to Germany and it was, yeah. it was so cool. And there's people the entire time. Um, and it was just, like, I, I don't know. I, I would, I would live in Berlin. Honestly, I'd go move there in two seconds. Um, but there, the race is really flat. It's run really well. Like it, it's super organized. Um, and it's a great time of year too, because it's in middle, middle of September. So the weather is usually perfect. It was hot when I was there. Um, but the weather there is, is like perfect running weather. That sounds so nice. I've always wanted to go to, um, Germany and Berlin Yeah, on my list. You should go when, when we can. I know. I feel like everything's getting pushed back. I was supposed to go to the UK this year and Hawaii, and now they're both pushed back to next year, which we also have a, a wedding in Italy as well. So it's going to be a big oh, travel year. I need to, uh, save my pennies. <laughs> that'll be fun though i know i'm excited it we may not it's gonna be a mess they're like pretty much back to back to back so who knows what we're doing we'll probably be just living on an airplane for springtime but it's fine this whole thing be i would love to be living on an airplane right now i like miss being on one and i won't get on one um yeah i don't 
feel super comfortable going anywhere right now. Um, but I miss it. I love flying. I like will pass out in an air. I like enjoy the whole process. Yeah. I don't even mind the, like the security line because I'm just excited to go somewhere new. <laughs> I can understand that. <laughs> I'm like, let me get my matching luggage. Let me like pack everything perfectly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, when I went to Scotland, I I like pre-planned like all my outfits, kind of like a time capsule wardrobe. I think that's what it's called. So they all kind of like could mix and match. And I was there for nine days and I just had my carry on. And Scotland's cold. Like I had like sweaters and stuff, but that was like one of my best traveling accomplishments. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I've never been to Scotland. That's on my list too. My, my homeland. Too. Yeah, it's Scotland's the best. It's my homeland. I have family there. Um, it's beautiful. I've heard wonderful things. Uh, you gotta go. The northern part is the best. Um, talk to me about leggings and how you shop for, because I know you buy things a certain way and you have certain ways that you shop and you know I'm trying to say talk to me about your shopping habits my shopping habits <laughs> well, I have terrible shopping habits because I have a problem um <laughs> <laughs> I really so across the board like even not fitness related I just love clothes I I'm not like I feel like now my I feel like I'm now just coming into like what my style is for me and I'm 32 years old. I think it's taken me so long to like someone who is not, I always used to like follow trends, like want to be super trendy and like have all this stuff and it just didn't like work for me. And I just felt like it didn't like that never, it wasn't like someone would ever see something and say, oh, that's something that Candace would wear. It's like something that everyone else is wearing. So um, even with the fitness stuff, like the leggings and all that, I do... I, I like a wide range of, of like brands and, and things like that, but I do like to keep them all pretty simple. Um, I, I do put a lot of importance on where they're coming from too. And this is just like my own personal thing where, um, I just want to make sure that the way that they're being made is done. So in an ethic, ethically, you know, proper way and, um, isn't, affecting the environment too much which is i know kind of a debbie downer for this conversation but um there's just so much like with the fast fashion there's just so many op options out there and so i've tried to put more thought into not just with fitness stuff but with the with all of my shopping things that i do that they're that they're you know checking those boxes for me um but i i'm also a huge fan i mean when i first started teaching like high-waisted leggings were like not a not a thing um and really? now I, no they like weren't really out yet they didn't become a thing until like probably a couple of years into teaching maybe you so think to me. i don't know i don't know because you've been teaching just as long as i have um but like i, I having like the I, wonder unders and they were like they cut me off like right in like below my belly button so i would i never really got into like luxury brand, the more expensive side of fitness gear until recently, cause I just didn't have the money for it yeah. um, or made the budget for it. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like rocking Old Navy and um, what else did I rock? I think like a lot of Old Navy and stuff and they seemed high-waisted. I mean, I would never put low-waisted anything on me as just a no. So <laughs> it would not work. 
I don't think we can ever go back to not having high-waisted pants. I do it. My jeans are all high-waisted. My mom makes fun of me for them because she thinks she calls them mom jeans, which is like, it's the look, mother. So, <laughs> uh, but I can't, I gravitate towards those for sure. I get have a weird thing with capri, like capri length leggings. I don't own a single pair. I hate them. They, capri or like seven eighths? Uh, seven eighth is fine, but like the ones that like cut you off in the middle of your calf, I cannot. My calves are are not small, and so I always they, I would be like purple on like the bottom half of my leg. <laughs> I agree. I don't really like cropped leggings either. I just had like one last pair, and I sold it on Poshmark. Poshmark. I've been I've been putting stuff on Poshmark. I've been a big Poshmark person for years. Yeah, I. It's a good way to if you're like us and you um buy a lot of clothes. It's a great way to uh. Yes. Keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep I like, I, I have a wide range of stuff that I like. Um, no particular brand. I mean, I, I'm, I'm contractually supposed to be saying that I love OV and I do, but, and I do love OV a lot. Um, but they're not the only brand that I wear. Um, I like OV a lot. Yeah. I, I like their, their tops specifically. I, that's where I like kind of fell in love with them is because a lot of the, the Lulu tops, like, they cut into my neck and I don't mm. like that. I don't have a large chest. It's again, just my, sh it's my shoulders. And like, just this area just gets like chafed from those bras and those. Mm. And so I remember I first tried the OV, like their like original top. And I was like, this is perfect. It's like made for different body types. Yeah. They're like a little thicker and a little softer. I feel I like, mm. I was just going to say, I really like my OV tops. Yeah. Um, I've been getting into Lulu tops. I don't like love cleavage, especially while on a spin bike. And I don't, I don't have, I'm not very super endowed, but enough that I feel uncomfortable with my tits are in your face. Yes, and yeah. like on a bike, they're very much like on show. <laughs> so, but I started like, so, but I also don't love it like super high neck because like I sweat, right? Like I have sweaty like chest. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so then it like just gets like, sweaty and sticks to me so it's a, it's a struggle we're working through it luckily there's a lot of um, options now huh so there's a lot of options now i know yeah and i don't worry i've i've tried most of them if not all at this point so no issue finding them <laughs> my boyfriend's like you really have another like seven packages at the door I'm like please stop I'm like don't worry it's fine it's fine just ignore it it's fine don't worry Although I did, um, I'm starting to look at like the process of thinking about buying a house and yeah. my friend's taking a class and she's like, you know, they go and look and see like when you got your, like how much you spend after each paycheck. And I'm like, oh shit, like better get out of my system now. <laughs> uh, I know, seriously, they look through everything. It's, it's scary time. I did not realize, I thought you just kind of like, if you had a decent credit score and you had the money to put down, then you can go, but. They want to make sure you can make your mortgage payment every month. Well, I'm just learning that now. <laughs> Adult life. Yeah. Um, so regarding the name of this show, Sweating Shirtless, I know now that for the most part you teach in a sports bra, but has it always been like that? No, I, I didn't so and, and the reason and the reasoning for me not teaching in a shirt anymore is not like a big epiphany moment or anything for me. Um, so that might be somewhat disappointing, but it was because the air conditioning broke in Southie like four years ago, five years ago, and it was August. 
and we still had classes and it was just, I used to teach in a tank all the time. Um, and that was, and then that after that moment, I was like, it's actually way more comfortable just to be in a sports bra, um, and leggings and not wear this like cotton tank top. So, um, that was the moment and I just never, I never put a shirt okay. back. <laughs> that is kind of an epiphany though, because you never know until you try it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, cause no, and also no one else was doing, and there's so many, it's like no one else was teaching with just a sports bra on. Like it was, oh, like I felt like at that point, it all started to shift. And now I feel like mostly everyone does. And most, and mostly, not mostly everyone, but a lot of people in class too. I mean, everyone, it's all, obviously all based on comfort level, but I feel like when we, when I first started teaching, no one, not a single person took their shirt off for class. That's interesting. What yeah. do you think, uh, when was the shift and what do you think caused it? I, it was probably, well, again, I, the air conditioning thing is like kind of a joke, but I think that more people saw that other people were doing it and that it was like acceptable to do it. And then they were like, okay, so I'm going to do it too. If somebody else is doing it. Um, mm. and I think it's a good thing. I mean, I usually I'm not, I'm not, I don't like when people are doing what other people are doing because you know, but I think it gave people more confidence being like, okay, this person next to me or my instructor isn't teaching with you know, a shirt on. So it's going to make me feel comfortable to take mine off because it's 900 degrees in here. Um, and we're see again, yeah, seeing someone next to them too, being like that, that person has it. So why can't I? Um, yeah. I think there was a, maybe a shift of like acceptance of who cares what look, what you look like underneath that tank top, just take it off because we're working out and we're sweating and it's hot. <laughs> yeah. It's something about that extra layer. I just feel like claustrophobic sometimes. Yeah. I'm like it's like just like the high neck bra, bra. It's like it's sticking to me. Like get this, get this off. Even yeah. on like days where I don't feel like wearing just a sports bra, I do anyway because we get so hot and spin that it's like unbearable, and I'm so used to not. Yeah. And once I start teaching and once I start riding, I don't think about yeah, that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Well, Cool. Well, thank you for taking time on your beautiful Saturday. What are you doing for the rest of your day? Uh, I'm going to go visit Nana. Um, and then uh, I'm going on a date tonight, but um, that's it. That's all I'm going to say about that. First date or sounds like it's not a first date? No, it's a second date. Ooh. Yeah. Well, report back. Don't put this <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> what? That's in, this is going on the internet. <laughs> It's what it is. You need to edit that out, that last part. I'll, could, I'll mute it, maybe. I could put a sensor over my mouth when that happens, and the people will think I'm doing something like cool or like maybe illegal. We'll see. We'll see. If, I don't know if I have the technical skills for that yet. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, have fun. Okay. <laughs> Report back. Maybe I'll put a little blurb at the bottom and give it a gay or a nay. <laughs> you know it works out. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks. Well, have fun. Bye. Thanks for joining.
Okay, fam, that is it for this week's episode. I truly appreciate you tuning in, listening. Your thoughtful DMs and messages mean the world to me. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to Sweating Shirtless wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find Sweating Shirtless on YouTube by searching Sweating Shirtless. While you're there, please be sure to throw us a like and a subscribe. Lastly, you can find me on the gram at mayor underscore Dodie. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time.